0: different times out of 28 when the word fear is found in Proverbs is dealing with the fear of the Lord. And there's some very important messages for us. So let's ask God for help. Lord, we need your wisdom tonight. We need uh, to understand better the fear of the Lord and we need to to fear you. And so uh, challenge us about that. And may our uh, time in your word be Uh, fruitful because we uh, learn what you would have us to learn and then we go out and practice it. And uh, may this be a week where the fear of the Lord is evidenced in God's people here at Spring Meadow. Um, And we'll thank you for how you'll work and how you'll help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's a mom. She's making a visit to the nursing home with her kids. And, you know, before she enters the nursing home or wherever they're going... She always goes through those normal warnings and I call them threats, you know? Uh, You better act right. You better do what's right. And if you don't, I am going to. All right, so let's say on one particular day, though, she says something like this. Now, look, kids, you got to act right when we go in there visit. Do what you're told. And if you do, we'll go to McDonald's for lunch afterward or Chick-fil-A for lunch. I don't know, whatever. Um, And if you don't, We won't go, and you'll get correction when you get home. Um, Now, that's not a hard decision, is it? You say, well, it's hard for kids. I know that because they have a hard time staying focused and remembering that. But it shouldn't be a hard decision. Am I right? Because, look, if they choose to fear their mom, have a reverence for, respect for their, their mom, then there's going to be a reward that comes. If they don't fear their mom, what should they fear? Yeah, <laughs> they should fear leaving that place. You know, mom, we want to stay at the nursing home the rest of the day. You know, I mean, there's going to come a, t- going to come a time when judgment is going to come, and the, we shared that truth and we brought that out from Proverbs chapter one last week, as we saw that uh, there were two kinds of fears brought out in the last section of chapter one starting in verse 24 and on through verse 33, we saw the fear of the Lord mentioned, and then we also saw fear that comes as a result of someone being in sin. And we helped you understand and see the point. It was letter B in the outline that fear was contrasted. There was a contrast between uh, the, the fears, fears of life and the fear of God. And so it chooses the fear of God, they will avoid then many of the fears of life and may not avoid them, but they'll be able to face them and handle them and deal with them in a way that is right and appropriate, just as the midwives did. You know, those midwives, without a doubt, in Exodus chapter 1, as we looked at on Sunday, uh, were fearful as they went in to meet with the Pharaoh. Wouldn't you be? I mean, look, I don't don't care who you are. You're still going to be nervous about this. It's not as if God takes away all fear. But here's the thing. When you fear God, then you don't have to fear the words of the king, and you don't have to be controlled by that. And they weren't. And so that's the contrast that we have and that we looked at in one of the proverbial fears facts about fear. Now, the third point is actually back in chapter 1 and verse 29, and it kind, kind of um, is a, a follow-up, if you would, to this idea of fear being contrasted. You choose your fear. But then also understand this. We didn't want to neglect it. Number, letter C is fear is a choice. Fear is a choice. See, there's this contrast between different kinds of fear. But he tells us as well, and we would be remiss if we didn't min- mention it, for that they hated knowledge, and then notice this, and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So when someone says, well, look, I, I, can't have a res- I don't have a respect for God and, I, and it, just, it just isn't coming. Well, look, you can choose it. And it's evident that uh, you can make that decision and you can do something about it. Um, in fact, uh, a number of our verses that we're going to look at as we go through this study are going to tell us the very same thing, that it's a choice. In fact, it kind of leads us to the next point. Fear is also a command. Fear is also a command. It's a responsibility to be carried out, and therefore, we know it's a choice because God doesn't command something that we can't at least work toward and work on. Uh, take a moment, if you would, and we'll see that in chapter 3 and in verse uh, 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. And here we have it as a command. It doesn't say this is a command, but it's a statement, and it's a clear statement. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And those are understood as strong statements and are understood as commands. Uh, chapter 23 and verse 17, you don't have to look there right now. Chapter 24 and verse 21, these give us the idea that fear is not just a choice, but it's a command. So that, look, I, I could well, say, well, I, I'm not going to choose it. Well, then you're going to disobey a command. Do, do, do you get the picture? So in reality, what we're doing is we're kind of building this this. Um, this picture that God gives us and and Solomon lays out for us, that fear is not not something that I can take or leave, the fear of God. It's something that's vitally important for my life Uh, because it's the beginning of wisdom and understanding, because it determines what kind of fear I live by, a fear of the Lord or a fear of circumstances and judgment and other things, Uh, because fear is a choice, because fear is a command. Uh, there's one other, there's another thing. By the way, uh, when you say fear is a command, that doesn't mean that it's not going to come naturally. Have you ever heard someone say this? Wow, that put the fear of God in him, Or it should put the fear of God in them. Maybe you said that before. And it's true. Circumstances in life sometimes drive us to fear God, or at least should drive us to fear God. If we're disobedient and some judgment comes and we face consequences for that, um, you know it should put the fear of God in your heart. But understand this: it's something. It's not just an emotion felt; it's a decision to be made. And therein we find throughout the 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 Book of Proverbs this truth that it's commanded; it's a choice to be made. But don't be mistaken. The letter E fear requires. Change, And I'd like you to see that in Proverbs chapter 8. Fear requires change. Change in two ways. And chapter 8 brings that out. Where God says, the fear of the Lord does something. Or it is something. Okay? How do you know when someone fears the Lord? Look at verse 13. Someone read it, and then someone can tell me. Someone else can tell me. Or that person reads it. All right, which gives us the idea of fear is a choice, doesn't it? Okay, but uh, what do we learn there? Fear requires change in verse 13. Uh, how do you know when you fear the Lord? Yeah. It's pretty simple. This wasn't a trick question, all right? I'm not trying to confuse anyone here. It wasn't a trick question. It's pretty simple. Sim- simple, simple forward. Yes, straightforward and simple. There you go. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's just that it requires change in a, in a couple different ways. First of all, it requires a change of attitude. you got to hate something. In the New Testament, we're told not to love the world. Do you know why? Because if you love the world, what did God say? Yeah, you you can't, as they say, have your cake and eat it too. You can't do both things. You can't love the world and love God at the same time. It doesn't work. So if you're going to fear God, the same thing is true. You've got to have an attitude that says, look, um, loving sin is incompatible with fearing God. So if I love sin or if I don't hate evil, if I don't have a a different attitude toward evil, then I am not going to have a fear of God. It's impossible. The, The two are, if you would, work against one another. Just as I can't love the world and love God at the same time, so I can't love evil and have a fear of God at the same time. It's an impossibility. So my attitude has to change. I can't have an uncaring attitude about sin and evil. I have to hate it. You understand that? Look, if I fear God, I hate evil. If I don't hate evil, I don't fear God. Like ah, uh. and so that's actually a great test, but it also just shares with me that I have to have an attitude that says, "Look, I just I just hate evil." You can't be in the fear of the Lord and envying sinners. Um, just take a moment, keep your place here, because I think we're gonna. Um Well, you can keep your place here. That's all right. Look at 2317, Proverbs 2317. And this kind of pictures it a little different way, but it gives us this idea that they're like diametrically opposed. Let not thine heart envy sinners. If you're envying sinners, if you're longing for a sinful life, if you want to follow that, then you're not going to be able to do the second part of this proverb. What are we supposed to be doing? Okay, so rather than envying sinners, I have to go in another direction. So my attitude has to change. I cannot envy sinners in my heart at the same time that I fear the Lord. So I've got to have a change of attitude. No longer can I say sin is no big deal. Make sense? All right, then in action. Not only an attitude, but also an action. Um, let's go back. Now that I said to to keep your place there, so you're not too far away to chapter three, as we just looked at this. But it shows the action. There is no middle ground. You have to, to do something. Not only do you need to hate it, which deals with attitude, right? I hate this. And that is attitude. Um, by the way, you know, it's like, well, we should never hate anything. Well, God tells you there are some things you're so to hate. And that and evil is one of them. But in chapter 3 and verse 7, God not only says we must hate it, but there's something else we need to do. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Run from it. Get away. There's no middle ground. I gotta I gotta have an attitude and I've got an action that says. I am getting out of here because this is sinful and this is wrong. I'm going to go the right direction. So fear impacts your walk. In chapter 16 and verse 6, we find that men turn away from, they eschew, or they run from evil. So they don't just hate it in their heart, but they run from it in their life. Uh, Chapter 14 and verse 2, those who walk in an upright way are those who fear the Lord. In other words... Okay, I'm going to go the right way. I'm going to go the, a different direction than the wrong way. So, you see this idea that I can't have I can't have the best of both worlds in this. I either fear God or I or I love sin, and I'm going towards sin and I'm doing the things that are wrong. Either way, it's but there's no middle ground. And then uh, just take a look now. Now that I said be back here, go back to chapter 23 one more time if you would. At least right now, maybe there'll be more times than this. All right. Um, but there's one last truth I wanted to bring out about this, and one last, uh, what, what, uh, uh, what do we call it, proverbial fact about fear. Um, in chapter 23 and verse 17, God says, let not thine heart envy sinners, which brings out this idea, I, I, can't, I can't be going after and longing for that which is wrong, but I need to be in the fear of the Lord, and then what does it say? Okay, so let's put it in our notes. Fear is to be consistent. And and here's the thing. I, I, I Here's the truth. All right, it, With the fear of the Lord, I can go back and forth on this all the time. I might fear the Lord all morning, but then I'm tempted in some way, and I get involved in sin, and I'm not fearing the Lord like I need to. And I need to deal with it. But God says, I'm not supposed to let my heart envy sinners, which, by the way, is going to pull me in this direction of going away from the fear of the Lord. But I am to, if you would, learn to practice the fear of the Lord consistently throughout life, throughout every day. So here's the thing. I'm supposed to be thinking about the fear of the Lord more than just on Wednesday night when the preacher does a series on it for a few weeks because we're studying it through the book of Proverbs but that the fear of the Lord is something that's constantly supposed to be, if you would, on my mind. Do I fear God? Am I fearing God today? See, you come to church, you're thinking about this. But are you thinking about it any other time? Because we're to be in the fear of the Lord all the day long. And when we find that we're not, like if it comes to mind, I'm supposed to be fearing God. Am I? If I find I'm not, i got to get back to that because this is, it's, it's to be consistent. And maybe we should have put, it's a continual battle. You know, you can maybe put that beside it. It's a continual battle because I'm to be in the fear of the Lord all the day long. And it's also encouraging to know I can do it. So we got to keep going with C's, right? I can do it. It's a continual battle. And how many other things can we come up with? All right. But, um, these are all suggested by this, just this statement, be in the fear of the Lord all the day long, How are you? Um, now, we're not going to get very far in this. I'm warning you already, but let's, let's talk about now and let's go to another aspect, the precious fruit of fear. The precious fruit of fear. Not the wrong kind of fear. We're talking about the fear of the Lord, Okay. Is there fruit? Are, are there, is there a reason why you should fear the Lord? And the answer is yes! Absolutely! All right, why? Well, I'd like you to go back to chapter 3. <laughs> You're going to just keep like two pieces of paper, one toward the end of Proverbs, one toward the beginning. Uh, go back to Proverbs chapter 3 and, uh, and, and look at verse seven again be not wise in thine own eyes fear the Lord and depart from evil and you say pastor we've already dealt with the whole verse we have but notice verse 8 what is it what are the next three words it shall be what shall be okay the fear of the Lord. All right, so let's see the fruit then of fear. And we don't want to miss this. It's it's a wonderful truth. It shall be, what, fearing the Lord. It keeps you from and, and causes you to depart from evil. That kind of fear. It's going to be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. You're going to have a healthy navel. Don't you want to have a healthy navel? Don't you love some verses in scripture that really give you a picture that you just... I don't know if that was a good picture. All right, but um, uh, look, it it really, the picture is this. It results in physical nourishment. Does that sound strange to you? The fear of the Lord results in physical nourishment. Now, whether it sounds strange or not, that's what he's talking about here. Health to thy navel, it's it's that it's going to bring... Good health and marrow to thy bones. Both of those terms and both of those statements, they they weren't talking about you going around and looking at your navel, okay? And it wasn't talking about, um, you know, being able to measure the marrow in your bones. But he's talking about a positive effect upon your health. And it does. Now, I don't believe that you will ever go to a psychologist who will tell you that you need to fear the Lord because it'll help your health. Your mental health, your physical health, your physical well-being. But God says it does. And those who don't choose to serve the Lord and don't fear the Lord and love sin are choosing ill health. The world tells you to care for your body, keep it in good shape, go on a diet, eat only vegetables or some other crazy food regimen, purge your body of evil waste that lurks within. You know, they all give you these, uh, these stories and tell you all these things you're supposed to do. In other words, do what you can to bring health to your body. But I have never heard them encourage the fear of the Lord. And I know there's a reason why they won't. I don't think they'd agree with Solomon. I don't think they'd agree with God. But God tells us that if you want to affect your health positively, have a right relationship with God. Now, uh, uh, if you're sick, don't, don't blame it like the, the charismatics do on sin. Not everything is a result of sin. And sometimes um, there are health ailments. I, I better say this. i got to say this. All right. That come that God has allowed in God's plan for our lives. But there are also things that by choosing the fear of the Lord, I'm going to avoid. Someone chooses the fear of the Lord so he doesn't drink. How many lives in health have been negatively affected by being controlled by drink, alcohol? How many lives have you seen And people, do you know, who have been, um, their health has been horribly afflicted by smoking and being controlled by some other vice. And part of that comes because they haven't feared the Lord, and so they've gotten involved in sin. So that, you know, here's someone who uh, has throat cancer, loses uh, their, their their throat and they have what the what tracheotomy is that what it's called or something like that and they're taking cigarettes and they're holding them up to the hole in their throat to smoke because they're so controlled by their sin and it affects their health to the point where here's a guy that's in his he's in his fifties and he looks like he's on death's door and he's about eighty years of age because he's been controlled by sin. Look, the fear of the Lord affects your health, your physical nourishment. It's, it cares for both your mental health and your physical well-being. Um, and actually, you know, that has, been, that, has been, that has been proven. Now, I know today, wow, someone probably, some company would be sued for it. But, but you know, church-going, God-fearing people are healthier people than those who live controlled by sin they generally are it's true that's one of the precious fruits of fearing the Lord uh, n- not only that one other fruit is it leads to and boy didn't you think this would be on it leads to wisdom it leads to wisdom We've already looked at it. Proverbs chapter 9, we'll do it in Proverbs 9, 10. Proverbs 15, tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of. It's, it's connected with this matter of wisdom. There's a close tie. Fear begets wisdom. And wisdom sought, develops, or brings forth fear. We already looked at that idea where there's just kind of this circular uh, working of it. It leads to wisdom. Do you know what else it does? Uh, uh, take a moment and look at chapter 10. In verse 27, it results in physical nourishment, it leads to wisdom, and then it provides what? Prolonged life. Chapter 10 and verse 27, the fear of the Lord prolongeth days. Reverence for God will prolong your life. Now you say, well, wait a second, some people who have feared God lost their lives early. Yes, that's true. The idea is a fullness of days. Someone's life is cut short when they choose something other than the fear of the Lord. Uh, there is a fullness of days. There are, God tells us to teach us to number our days that we may apply ourselves to wisdom. And there's an idea that there are a certain number of days that you and I have. We don't know what that is. We don't know how long we have to live on this earth, but here's the truth: if the Bible, if the Bible is telling the truth here, that if I choose not to fear the Lord, I'm cutting those days short. But if I choose the fear of the Lord, I will live the fullness of the days that God already has known and planned out for me. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you, I. I don't want to live any longer than I, than I need to live, but I don't want to live any less than I ought to live. And God brings out that fact. He says it prolongeth days. So you want to live a full life according to God's plan, then uh, follow follow, and, and, and develop a fear of the Lord. Um, you know, how many times have you seen people who re- have rejected God, gone their own way, they end their life miserably, and their life is cut short because they've made a choice not to fear God. Um, uh, look, let, me, let me just see if I can find it real quickly. There's another one later on, but I have you going so much back and forth, I feel guilty. Okay, uh, <laughs> um, Proverbs 19.23, here's what he says. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. See, the idea is, all right, look, evil will shorten my days. But when I'm fearing the Lord, God makes me quiet from fear of evil and the control of it and its effect in many ways. So it leads to a prolonged life. Um by the way, it prolongs life because it, it um, warns of evil and leads you to depart from destructive choices of life. Um, you could write chapter 14 and verse 27. And, um, and so those are just some of the fruits. There's four more that we're going to look at next time we have opportunity. Uh, four more fruits uh, that we will find. But these are wonderful things, are they not? Physical nourishment want to affect your health positively. Okay? Uh, it, you know, I have all sorts of people tell you all sorts of things, but God says fear him. Uh, start there. And if you want to cut out all the eat-only vegetables and all that other stuff, more power to you. But don't, don't neglect the fear of the Lord. Physical nourishment, wisdom, prolong the life, and uh, then we'll look at... Oh, I've got to stop there because I'm going to give you the next one. I don't want to do that. Let's pray together. Father, help us to to see that uh, the fear of the Lord is not just something that's important because it keeps us from evil, but it's important because it has uh, some very great spiritual benefits and physical benefits in life. And may we, Lord God, uh, just see the great need for fearing you and having that reverence that uh, directs and guides our every step in life. All the day, may we be in the fear of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you as you live in that fear this week. You're dismissed.